Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Running on Scuffs. And we've got a bit of an exciting announcement. If you guys follow our social pages, you already knew this. Uh, and if you're joining us on anything other than YouTube, you also know this because we are live on multiple platforms tonight. We're live on Twitter and we are live on Facebook Messenger as well as YouTube. Uh, so for those of you on our YouTube uh, audience, we are still there. Um, so yeah, be sure to, uh, if you're tuning in on any platform, be sure to, to check us out. Let us know what you think of the show. And, uh, we've got a wonderful cast and crew here. Let's get into some introductions. I'll go first. I'm your host, Justin Seeger, uh, reporting to you live from a lovely apartment here in Starkville, Mississippi, as, uh, I'm joined here by my fellow Texan, uh, Mr. Zachary Bell, how you doing tonight, buddy? Fantastic. Uh, you know, a great weekend in Charlotte. More importantly than anything else, Denny Hamlin's dream of becoming a cup champion is still alive. And more importantly than that, the day that Denny Hamlin wins his championship is the day this show absolutely gets a hostile takeover from me. Very interesting. Uh, I look forward to that this evening. Uh, Mr. Loganity, how are you doing this evening? Good, sir. Well, always great to be back on Running on Scuffs from high atop the Loganity Lounge. And as far as that hostile takeover goes, <laughs> well, I feel like God's getting conflicting prayers, Zach. I feel like in one ear he's got me, in the other ear he's got you. But we'll see how it takes, uh, how it plays out. A lot can happen, of course, between now and Phoenix. My goodness, will it, especially if the Robles any indication. Looking forward to a great show. We are all looking forward to a great show. And, of course, as always, behind the scenes throughout the majority of the show, but we let her get a few words in here, our producer, Peyton, uh, here for another episode. We appreciate you being behind the scenes. How are you doing tonight? Doing a lot better than last week. Um, I have a bit of a cold. That's fine. It's all fine. Uh, other than that, I'm okay. Sounds good. We're glad to have you here. And uh, we're glad to have all of our viewers here. Be sure our comment section should be open. So uh, if you're watching us, be sure to leave a comment, leave a like. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, go ahead and do so, and be sure to follow all of our social media accounts. Daniel Foster, a member of our, our team, has said, uh, love to see all the happy faces. We're glad to be here, and we're glad to be happy. It was a, it was a somber week last week, uh, and we took care of business, but we're here, and we're all at 100%. We're ready to go. And uh, it's a good thing because, lady and gentlemen, we had a cutoff race, two cutoff races this past weekend at the Charlotte Roval of all places. And uh, we'll just go ahead and get started. We're going to go ahead and get into our race review segment. Peyton, you want to hit them with a uh, race review there? Thank you very much. So, Zach, Logan, we had a couple of uh, cutoff races here at the Roval. Uh, for the Xfinity series, um, kind of same song, different verse, right? I mean, we've had four races here at the Roval that AJ Allmendinger has competed in, and 
four races at the Roval in the Xfinity Series that AJ Allmendinger has won. So pretty much same song, different verse for for him, isn't that right? Zach, what were your thoughts on the Xfinity race? I know you you uh, seem to enjoy it for the most part. Uh, I love all Xfinity Series races. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way. But, um, you know, we, we talked last week about AJ Allmendinger going to Cup Series and stuff, and we know how much – uh, I, I love AJ Allmendinger and seeing him win. And quite frankly, uh, you know, he is the best road course racer in the sport. And he continues to prove it week in and week out. So like, this is not a shocking result. But I think this win comes in a very pivotal point for him. You know, he is by no means in danger um, coming into this round of eight in the Xfinity series. But it certainly at times this season has felt like he's the third of the three championship contenders and winning back-to-back races, albeit at a super speedway and a road course, you know, padding those playoff points really makes his, his chances to get to Phoenix, like feel a lot more comfortable in my opinion. So in that regard, it's, it's a massive win. Yeah, it is a massive win. I think AJ Allmendinger for the last few seasons now has been uh, one of the favorites to make it to Phoenix. Uh, and I think this year is going to be no different. Right now, he sits only behind Noah Gregson uh, in playoff points uh, with 22 uh, playoff points to his name. Uh, in the Actually, sorry, 44 playoff points uh, to his name uh, starting the round of eight. There were four playoff drivers that were eliminated from uh, playoff contention after – after the Roval, Ryan Sieg, uh, Daniel Hemrick, the reigning Xfinity Series champion, Riley Herbst, and Jeremy Clements as well, all were eliminated from Xfinity Series contention, meaning that the round of eight consists of Noah Gregson, AJ Allmendinger, Ty Gibbs, Justin Allgaier, all four seated above the cut line right now. And then the four that find themselves below the cut line for Phoenix uh, are Josh Berry, Austin Hill, Brandon Jones, and Sam Mayer. Uh, Logan, what do you think about this Xfinity Series field of eight as we go into the round of eight for the Xfinity Series? Anything that impressed you from the Roval, and what are your thoughts looking forward? Well, the Roval ought to be called uh, the Roval guest starring A.J. Allmendinger at this point, so I'm hoping they'll get that that changed on your guide for next year. I know that he'll be in Cup Series, but I would expect almost the same result. It's getting ridiculous. As far as the top eight go in the Xfinity Series, I mean that's a that's a fascinating top eight. We know we know that Noah Gregson is extremely hot. We know Almondinger's uh, out here doing the damn thing, as the kids say. Josh Berry's still very, very much in the hunt. Uh, look, I think I think it's anybody's ball game. There's not anybody I go that I look and I go they can't win it. Um, and that's really exciting. Uh, I think there's there's great parity in the Xfinity series, and there's uh, there's a certain excitement, a certain edge. You know, the slogan is that names are made here, right? And uh, depending on how this goes, we could get a new name made. I, I'm very excited for this round of eight. Uh, I just do. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, I'm I'm excited, really, really excited. As am I. I've said before, I think the uh, the round of eight, whether it be the Cup Series or the Xfinity Series or even the trucks, uh, once you get it whittled down to eight drivers, I think you really kind of get to uh, the idea of like, hey, these guys can theoretically go out and compete for a championship uh, if, if 
given the right opportunities. I know Brandon Jones, he's seventh on the playoff grid, but he seemed pretty confident going into the round of eight. Uh, he won at Martinsville earlier this year. So, I mean, certainly not a, uh, not anything uncommon. We've got a, a guest here from Facebook, Mr. Tom Willoughby. Uh, he's going to restart a league race, but he's going to tune in until it starts. So we appreciate you having that. Uh, good luck to you in your league race. Uh, speaking of which, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. Mr. Loganity got himself a league race win in our in our league uh, this past Friday night. Uh, so, you know, first ever career league win. It's always a special feeling. So, uh, Coach baby. How about that? I'll be daggum. Ain't that something? Oh, it, look, I, I know that you don't believe, believe this, Justin. But I'm telling you, Gim had something to do with it. It's not often that you and Dan make mistakes on the same lap and I get to take advantage. It was a miracle. I'm talking about a real act of God. I'm so hyped. Well, it, as as far as I'm concerned, I plan on it getting back to business as usual next week. But I'll let you have your, have your moment in the spotlight here uh, for that. Anyways, moving back to our uh, our – race review uh before we get off track there uh we also had i love you i love you i love you tom you're the man uh absolutely uh going into the cup series review that was a cutoff race as well going to the round of eight you guys see the title of our video when in your end you we hear it all throughout the playoffs we hear it getting to the playoffs and we hear it throughout these rounds and the driver who had the best round of 16 in the Cup Series ended up being the driver in the round of 12 who had to win to get in to the round of eight. And he was able to get it done at the Roval thanks to a little bit of fresher tires there at the end. Mr. Christopher Bell for Joe Gibbs Racing in the 20 was able to get the win at the Charlotte Roval and move on to the round of eight. Zach, give me your thoughts on Christopher Bell getting that win. Uh, you know, this is a championship-winning win, to be quite frank. Uh, you know, Christopher Bell, he had a really, really good, we talked about it, first round, and was really quite frankly poised for another good second round with a strong a strong run at Texas. And, of course, he had tire issues, didn't finish the, didn't finish the race there. Had a hard Talladega race with some bad luck as well. Comes back this weekend in Charlotte, and, and the luck the luck changes on a dime. Absolutely, he was not the fastest car, nor was he the best car at all on Sunday. Um, but he was just good enough, just fast enough to take advantage of a little bit of luck and a little bit of strategy, and and quite frankly, you know, a cluster. A true mess uh, there at the end, um, which it seems to be commonplace in the Cup Series now. But going ahead into the round of eight, looking at, at a track like Las Vegas, where the Toyotas dominated in the in the spring, and Homestead, a track traditionally uh, dominated by to- Toyotas as well, um, and Martinsville, very similar to New Hampshire, and then it's a flat oval. Um, this round sets up particularly well for Christopher Bell. Like he goes from entering the playoffs as like, oh, he's kind of on on fire to at the end of the round at 16, we're talking and 
I don't know how much I vocalized, but I remember thinking like, this guy is my championship favorite. You know, if we had to reset, you know, we made our bracket prediction show. If we had to reset the bracket in the round of 12 into another prediction show, Christopher Bell would have been my champion. And coming all the way up until about five laps to go in the in the cup race on on Sunday, you know, I thought he was gone. Um, and here we go. We're back to Bell being in the driver's seat, I think, in my opinion, to, to be a championship four driver. Honestly, I mean, other than Chase Elliott, is there is there anybody we feel more comfortable than Christopher Bell? I mean, Hamlin maybe, right? Like, that's it? <laughs> like, this sets up so well for him and uh, such a clutch win. And, and it says a lot about him and his team and, and kind of a tale of two stories at JGR overall this entire season. But, yeah, a huge, huge win. Yeah, a really good win for Christopher Bell. I'm I'm glad to see him get the win because after the round of 16, uh, I agree with you. I think he deserves to be in the championship conversation and, and certainly would have been probably in my final four if I had to redo my bracket after the round of 16 uh, and even may still be after the round of 12, uh, depending on who all we have. You know, there's going to be a lot of debate, I'm sure, between now and then for who makes it to the final four. However, we do have four eliminated drivers to talk about um, going into going into this. And uh, that's actually going to be part of our feel-good segment. So uh, before we go to the feel-good segment, though, uh, Joey Logano uh, won stage one, and Ross Chastain was able to get stage two. So both of them were got playoff points added uh, to their collective totals, uh, making the new standings uh, – Chase Elliott uh, starting uh, the round of eight on the top of the grid. Joey Logano second. Ross Chastain third with Christopher Bell's win. It moves him up to fourth. Uh, all four of them are above the cut line. Ryan Blaney, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Briscoe all find themselves in the round of eight but below the cut line starting off for the round of four. Uh, and... Let's go ahead and get into our feel-good segment where we'll talk about the four drivers who got eliminated. So I foreshadowed it there. Eight drivers made it past uh, the Charlotte Roval, and four drivers did not. And one of those drivers, like the Xfinity Series with Daniel Hemrick, the defending NASCAR Cup Series champion, Kyle Larson, was eliminated in the round of 12 uh, by only two points behind Chase Briscoe. Um, Chase Briscoe was able, had struggled throughout the race, uh, but was able to gain enough points on Larson and uh, with Larson's struggles, able to get past him for that final round of eight position. Uh, Daniel Suarez was also eliminated, as well as Austin Sendrick. And, of course, Alex Bowman was, unfortunately, uh, due to injury because he could not compete at Talladega or the Roval. So our thoughts are still with are, are still with Alex Bowman, uh, hoping for a speedy recovery there. Um, it, Larson's got to be – I posed this question to both of you, but I'll start with you first, Logan. Kyle Larson's got to be the biggest surprise of this, right? Like, it's got to be – Kyle Larson not making the round of eight that surprises us the most. 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt, especially with the way uh, most of the race went yesterday until the very end. Uh, pardon the, the wrestling pun, but it's a stone-cold stunner. Uh, there, is, there is no doubt about that in my mind. By the way, I do want to say I think this race proved it's time to end the Roval experiment. Uh, my God, that was a tough race to watch. It was a great cure for insomnia if you had it. Uh, <clears throat> but that's another question for another time. But yeah, that's without a doubt the biggest biggest uh, surprise. You know, we we know how great Kyle Larson is. Some would say he is the best driver in this sport. As we see Kyle Busch kind of take a step back in 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 recent years by his very lofty standards. Um, it's a stunner, and and nobody. And this is no disrespect to to Chase Briscoe or SHR, but they haven't looked like a champion at all. I mean, at all. And I know we're not there yet, but the round of eight, we're we're, we're knocking at the back door. And, and so that's very – and let's not forget Ryan Blaney kind of had to backdoor his way in uh, due to the unfortunate injury of Kurt Busch. Um, so, yeah, this is – completely insane in some facets. Kyle Larson's had a, had a very good year. Uh, we were not talking about it as much as we did last year because he was just owning the joint. Um, but yeah, that's Chase Briscoe in the round of eight, Ryan Blaney in the round of eight, Kyle Larson out. Um, you've seen the gifts and memes where all the math is getting fired up by the women and the men and, and we're drawing on the board. That's what this is. I, you know, but that's this system. You're going to have those upsets, the, those those what moments, and that's kind of what NASCAR wants. But, yeah, I think time to end this role experiment and definitely stunned that Kyle Larson doesn't make that round of eight given because uh, without chaos at the very end, you know, he's sitting pretty pretty, all things considered. I mean, that's that's he, he was good, and then it got crazy. Before I go on to Zach here, I, I want to pull up Tom's uh, recent comment here uh, because I, I'm this is going to foreshadow into, into your time, Zach. Uh, how about the irony in the HMS camp, the penalty reduction for Byron indirectly leading to the elimination of Larson? You know, William Byron, uh, with the appeal, actually received his 25 points back uh, from, uh, from the penalty that they received at Texas and then getting those 25 points back, William Byron was a less than 25 points above the cut line. So uh, had that not happened, it would have been Byron eliminated and Larson still would have been in. So Zach, I'm going to let you take the floor with that one. Yeah. It's called karma and it's a bit dish best served in the playoffs. Um, you know, you can imagine longtime listeners of anything I've ever said out of my mouth can imagine how much I disagree with the rescinding of the penalty, but it's karma. It's poetic justice. And not to mention it, Logan, you're flat out wrong about everything you said. Kyle Larson's been inconsistent most of the season. He has not shown race winning speed most weeks. The weeks where he has shown race winning speed, he's had to wreck his teammate who's been better than him, uh, which is no way I want to win. And quite frankly, the Roval delivered again, uh, delivered an interesting finish and delivered drama and chaos that the Oval simply rarely has delivered. We cannot make a rash decision on the Roval um, after several great years to one middling year 
after how many snoozers in a row of the Coke 600 to jump back after one good oval race? Anyways, it's karma. It's poetic justice. Um, I'd rather face that chump William Byron than Kyle Larson, to be quite frank. But either way, good riddance. Good riddance. And Chase Briscoe deserved his round of eight spot. He earned it on the racetrack. He capitalized on all of his opportunities in this round. And um, he had as fair of a shot as anybody else did, in my opinion, to make it. And he made it. Tough W. Scott Larson. Have a merry off season and a happy Christmas. <laughs> a merry off season and a happy Christmas, Logan. I see your I see your face there. Would you Would you like a minute to to rebut there? Or we've got a debate segment later, but uh, yeah, I know. I just you can't tell me that Kyle Larson is less deserving of a championship than Chase Briscoe. All right, that's just you're not going to convince me in any world. You can't tell me he's less deserving of a championship than Ryan Blaney. You're not going to convince me in any world. There's a big glaring two that I go and and I'm not a Kyle Larson guy. Like I, you know, it, it, I'm not I'm not over here drinking that Kool Aid per se. But it's just, I mean, have you seen the two that are getting in and he's out? And yeah, I think karma might have something to do with it because Hendrick is the SEC of NASCAR apparently. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, but. No, the Roval was absolutely painful to watch. There was, uh, it was just we're we're. I mean, we might as well have been watching F one and IndyCar. It was the action was so little, and that's going to be that way with this car because this car is built for road courses. Because the idea was the Roval was with a car that didn't build for road courses. Let's see what happens. So the experiment needs to end. The whole Frankenstein thing is dead. Well, I'll tell you, I'm loving the energy on this. The, everybody's fired up, and I am absolutely loving it. And I hope everybody watching is, too. Um, so before we get into our debate segment, because I know both of you are going to carry that into, into our debate segment later on, uh, let's get a few more uh, stories out of the way. Of course, we talked about the four-cup drivers who were eliminated. Uh, we've talked about the four Xfinity drivers who were eliminated from playoff contention. We've talked about William Byron's penalty. The points uh, penalty was rescinded. However, the fine for the penalty was increased uh, to $100,000, which, in my opinion, and somebody who agrees with Zach about the penalty, uh, I think that's a load of crap. I think uh, for him to have – for and, and that might be the <laughs> – I'm doing my best Mr. Age impression. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the uh I I I mean you know you're going to say that the the penalty was not severe enough to to keep the points penalty but you're going to say that it was bad enough to increase the fine that makes no sense to me and that to me that proves that there was in my opinion there is a little bit of a Bias going on, yeah, a little bias going on there. So that's my opinion, Zach. I, I know you agree. Anyone else is willing to disagree, but I think that's a little fishy there, to be honest. Um, Listen, if you want, if you want to disagree with me, you can come at me in the DMs, in the comments section, to my front door, whatever suits your boot. But you're wrong, and I will argue till I'm blue in the face. 
And I just not to steal all the moment here, but NASCAR, quite frankly, is lucky that this whole malarkey that they pulled here with this appeal and everything did not affect Denny Hamlin's championship. Could you imagine if Byron's 25-point penalty and Hamlin's the one that's out by one, two points? And there's so many different ways NASCAR could handle that better in the moment, which go back and watch the Texas episode to listen to all those things. But really and truthfully, like we, we were not terribly far off from this affecting Denny Hamlin's championship. And that is a black mark on the entire sport. That had been, been a tragedy. <laughs> Whatever suits your boot. That's going to be a quote. Hey, uh, we ever start getting merch around here, Zach, we're going to put that on a t-shirt for you. So Please do. I, I gotta say, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that tomorrow when I use when I record my wrestling podcast. Yes. <laughs> as long as you get fair fair attribution, Logan. As long as you turn those turn those wrestling viewers into racing fans. Uh, we're going to uh, to move on uh, a little bit, and we'll get back into a little bit of playoff drama later in our our debate segment. Um, Zach, you referred to it a little bit earlier. One exciting piece of news that we have is AJ Allmendinger is going to race full-time for colleague in the Cup Series in 2023, driving the 16. Justin Haley is expected to stay in the 31 uh, for, for colleague, but that's a really cool move for them. I think, uh, you know, we talked about it on our in our own private time together that Ultimately, I think it's just a really cool thing for NASCAR as a whole. I think it's a good thing for Colleague. I think it's a good thing for AJ Allmendinger. I think it's a good thing for NASCAR as a whole. Um, it's a really cool to see him getting that opportunity to race uh, full-time in Cup once again. Uh, over the Speaking of penalties, we were talking about that. Uh, Kevin Harvick was issued a penalty for... Uh, was suspended for four uh his crew chief rodney childers sorry uh was suspended for four races for modification of the vendor supplied body part or the deck lid uh and he was penalized 100 uh uh driver and owners points for that shr has filed for an appeal which with the way the appeals court's going right now we're you know we're actually seeing some drivers win appeals more or less you've got uh Jeremy Clements, who won the appeal in the Xfinity series, which that one was actually kind of cool to see him win. And then William Byron's more or less win in his appeal for the Texas incident. And then, you know, we'll see what comes out of this Kevin Harvick situation. Um, you know, NASCAR Twitter's, you know, the, the media sphere for NASCAR's kind of been going crazy with that one, uh, you know, saying that Kevin Harvick's been very vocal about the about the car and that this was NASCAR's way of getting back at him for that. You know, I don't know if I fully buy that. I don't know if I fully don't buy that, but, you know. It's true. <laughs> it's true. is Mr. C here. He's, he, you play a little hokey I mean, pokey, buddy? You got one foot oh, in, one yeah. foot out on that conspiracy theory. I'm not a big conspiracy theorist myself, but I, I, mean, I am. I, I am. <laughs> our resident. And, and I'll I'll, I'll talk about it for for the conspiracy if Justin's not comfortable diving in. 
So, do we think it's any coincidence that the two drivers they chose were Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick to take back to R&D? Two guys who ran in the mid-20s most of the day. Two of the most outspoken drivers about this car, this crappy car. With its crappy-ass parts and its crappy-ass tires. I was going to say, they're just talking about the parts. They might, they might think the body's fine. <laughs> so look, here's the thing. In my opinion... It is no fluke that Harvick and Truex were the two that were randomly chosen to be taken be taken back to R and D. Do I think Harvick cheated or you know or whatever they have the deck lid? Yes, but is it a coincidence that Harvick's car is the one that ended up in R and D? No. If I'm Denny Hamlin, I'm clenching my cheeks, hold saying my prayers on my knees every night. Whatever he does, you know, on the Twitter, whatever. Because there's nobody that's been more outspoken than Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. And I would not put it past NASCAR to run past that 11 car with a finer tooth comb than everybody else. You know? We'll, we'll certainly see. I, I think it's uh, um, I, I think it's interesting. A uh, little comment from, uh, from my mom. She was... Uh, you know, she says that it's not a coincidence either. And she and I actually talked about that over the phone when it happened, that she didn't think it was random that Truex and Harvick's cars were the... Uh, Your mom's the right, Justin. Cars. Your mom's right. But she very commonly is, so... Most moms are right. Yours, mine, you know, everybody's moms. All right, all the time. God but listen. God love the moms of America. Mama Seeger, thanks for tuning in from me to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate you backing up my opinion and backing up Justin's half opinion. <laughs> that it, you know, I just I, I don't know. It's I I've, in my heart of hearts, I don't want to believe it because I don't want to believe that NASCAR is single handedly targeting these drivers who are genuinely concerned. You still about believe in Santa, don't you? <laughs> For a, for a little longer than most for a little longer than most people did hey i'm not hey i believe that too there if you're gonna tell me that there's a there's a fat guy in a red suit and a white beard that comes down my chimney even though i don't have a chimney i might believe you so i mean i don't think i don't think nascar is going to make up a penalty that, that isn't there i don't think they'd go that far you know mm -hmm. but you know, they're going to check in extra. They're going to take a little extra time on certain cars. They're going to be the ones that go back to R and D, you know, like, you know, I, I guarantee you Ross Chastain, probably the most loyal soldier to the NASCAR army is not going to be going back to R and D. Okay. I promise you, it's going to be the 11. It's going to be the 19, the four, the 18, maybe the nine chase has seemed to grow a bit of a backbone the past couple weeks. Fantastic. You know, the guys that say accurate things about this car and accurate ways about their feelings are going to be the ones that are going to be the ones that are going to get taken back to R and D and and stuff like that. Ross Chastain seems fully content to be a loyal soldier to the next gen army, and that's fine. It may win him a championship. Well, well, let, let me ask this question because uh, it just it bears coming up. Uh, what did you think of, of Phelps' pre-race interview where he said some of those things were on him and some of the, the, the lack of communication, and now we're going to have weekly 
weekly uh, driver meetings and talking about the safety. To me, I thought, uh, you know, to pl- let's, let me play devil's advocate since you guys want to get down the uh, kind of proverbial NASCAR deep state rabbit hole. Uh, what do you make of the fact that, I mean, all can aside, Phelps seemed pretty accountable but for, for a major p- person in a major company anyway. He was pretty accountable on the fact that he and NASCAR should have done some things differently sooner. And, and and was pretty authentic about it. I mean, do you, I mean, you said to yourself, you don't think they're going to go as far as is pretty much making up penalties. So, you know, is there any chance that you're looking at it at it wrong and and you're just expecting the worst? Here's here's my reaction to that. Uh, I, I'll tell you because I actually do have some two cents to put in on that one. Uh, I want to know why it got to this point for him to admit that. Why did we have to get to a point where we have two drivers with concussions? We have multiple top names in the sport, almost every single one of them being former champions or in, even in Denny Hamlin's case, a, a veteran driver who's been a Daytona 500 champion three times. Why do we have to have drivers like that come in week in, week out, saying bad things about this car to, to even get to this point? I mean, I get it. If there are things that they can only do in the offseason and to be ready for 2023, that's fine. I'm, you know, but at least be open, be honest about it. And it shouldn't have come five weeks before the end of the season. It should have come pretty much immediately after Kurt Busch had his incident at Pocono. Or before. Yeah. We had heard guys talking about taking hard hits, big hits before. Don't make that face. That's true. That's a factual statement. Hits are harder in this car. Guys are losing. That's hindsight. That's easy to say when an injury happens. But like, the, well, yeah, if I'd, if I'd have known. Yeah. Okay, but what about after the Kurt Busch incident? An injury did happen there. Yeah, I'm right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm saying that yeah, after that it becomes obvious. But but until then, you know, it's tough to. I mean, your tone seems to be like, well, if you'd have done your job, he doesn't get hurt. That is the tone. Uh, that I mean, is my that's tone. Not fair. That is but, no. It is fair because NASCAR Chase is responsible Elliott said for the developing thing. these cars. Well, well, look. NASCAR is responsible for developing the cars and safety. Their most valued asset in testing their equipment is their is their drivers who they ignored, who then have no chance and no other avenue about it than to turn to the media and absolutely blast the sport. Therefore, blasting the sport is going to cause an issue. And the finer tooth inspections, which is what this whole thing originated from, is the now penalty for what we used to call actions detrimental to stock car racing. This is the equation. NASCAR ignored its drivers. This is the same thing that the the RTA is talking about with TV contracts, not to go down the other detail. NASCAR is completely negligent to its two most important parties in making this entire sport work, the drivers and the teams. No drivers, no teams, no race, no NASCAR, no nothing. The drivers are the most valuable part of the sport. The drivers and therefore what they bring in, the fans and the revenue. I have to agree with you. And, and Logan, I know you've said before, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can't, you know, we can't change that's everything. That's all I'm saying is like, yeah, that's easy we're not, He can't go back and, you know, it would be great for to have some accountability sooner. But we can play all day long about well he should have did this sooner. But I mean that's like that's like someone out there if we ever get a cure for cancer is going to say shame you couldn't have done it if we lost those millions of lives. I'm going to be glad you're doing it now because 
better late than never. I'm not disagreeing with you guys that there shouldn't have been more accountability and more receptiveness. All C. Phelps can do is go up there and own the fact, and I thought he did that, own the fact that, you know what, that didn't happen, and that's on me. And all I think we can ask for anybody in this life, no matter what your job or position, is, account- is accountability when you make mistakes. Uh, so I, I was I, – I hear what you're saying, and really I agree with you, but don't you put any value, and this goes for either one of you, in the fact that he did sit up there yesterday and say, that's on me. Until we see what comes out of that, no. Until we see – because you, I can sit up there all day. I can sit up anywhere all day long and say, hey, this was my fault. You know, shouldn't have done this, should have done this sooner. Uh, but until we start taking true steps and, – and sure, you can say that the meeting, the meeting that happened Saturday and Sunday, that was a step. But until we start seeing results from it, no, I'm not going to give – I'm not going to give any accountability to that. I think at that point we're, you know, we need to see actual steps taken to help protect these drivers before we start going, you know, oh, they're actually starting to take an interest. We need action. We don't need words. Yeah. Uh, and and that, that's kind of my feeling on that. Uh, because like Zach said, the most – the undeniable most important part of this sport is the drivers and the teams. And while we're never going to be able to stop wrecks from happening, I mean, we're never going to be able to completely stop everything. We should be doing everything. NASCAR as a whole should be trying to do everything they can to make the sport as safe as they can. And I think Chase Elliott said it best a few weeks ago when he said that with all this data we've had over the, nascar's 75 year history we should never be taking a step back as far as safety goes and it feels like we have this year with this new car um but nonetheless you know i feel like we've had a feel like we've had a debate segment before the debate segment so that was fun thank you for i love appetizers i don't know about zach but i love appetizers and then i get set for the real thing hey well i appreciate i appreciate you guys including me on this one that was uh you know, I, I get to pick the winner of the main debate, but it was fun to be a part of this one. So uh, a little bit uh, happier news. Uh, we talked about A.J. Allmendinger getting a full-time cup opportunity. Uh, Chandler Smith is going to take over the 16 in the Xfinity Series uh, for Colleague Racing full-time, so it's cool to see him getting an opportunity. Your boy. Uh, he is. I'm very quickly becoming a fan of Chandler Smith, so really cool to see him getting an opportunity to, to run. Uh, for a championship uh, in the Xfinity Series next year, hopefully. And uh, Haley Deegan is expected to make her Xfinity Series debut uh, for SS Greenlight Racing in the 07 uh, at Las Vegas. So we'll see how she can do in her Xfinity debut. Uh, And finally, uh, to wrap up our feel-good segment here, we've got uh, Pocono, which, you know, oddly enough, we talk about Kurt Busch and his injury uh, happened at Pocono. Uh, Pocono is revamping its victory lane for 2023. And it, uh, I looked it up a, a few minutes before we started airing. It looks pretty cool. It looks like uh, I'd love to see kind of what their map layout is going to be for it. But it's supposed to, uh, to have a really cool area for fans. Uh, and it's supposed to be a relatively uh, cheap price, I think, uh, adults for uh for sunday was only uh, like 75 a piece so uh you know if you live in the uh 
the Pennsylvania uh, area or surrounding areas. And if you want to uh, to see a Pocono race, might be interesting to to have the victory lane access. You also have access to driver intros and other things like that. So it would be kind of cool for those visiting Pocono. Uh, so I've been foreshadowing it. We've been talking about it. Uh, we just had a little miniature debate, but that was just practice, boys, because we're going to get ready for our debate segment because it is time to get scuffed up. And I hope you guys are ready for this one because uh, we've talked about a lot that happened in the cup race. We've talked about Larson being eliminated. We've talked about how Byron's penalty affected that. We've talked about a lot of things. Christopher Bell obviously winning to get in affected that. But how about something else? We talked about Chase Briscoe. He made it in by two points. How were those two points accumulated? On the final uh, backstretch chicane of the race, Cole Custer blocked Austin Dillon uh, as Chase Briscoe proceeded to uh, – Chase Briscoe proceeded to heavily overdrive the chicane, uh, and I'm surprised he even made it through uh, to gain those two extra spots that he needed uh, to advance into the round of eight by just two points. So NASCAR has come out and said they are reviewing the block by Cole Custer because to see if it to see if it is going to uh, to cause a penalty for Custer. Uh, that NASCAR did say that the penalty would not affect the round of eight. My question to both of you and what you two are going to debate today is, should it? Should Cole Custer's block affect the round of eight? We all remember 2013. We remember Spingate. We remember everything that happened, getting Martin Truex Jr. that final spot in the playoffs. Ultimately, it got him removed from the playoffs, and it ended up adding Jeff Gordon Ryan Newman. We remember that. Is this kind of along the same lines or should, you know, should this affect the round of eight at all? Uh, in your opinion, I'm going to remove myself here and I'm going to let you guys go at it. Zach, this week, we're going to start with you. Uh, no, it should not affect the round of eight. And here's why. Uh, I remember a bit of a similar incident in 2020 involving one team named Joe Gibbs Racing, where Eric Jones at the time, I know Eric, I know uh, Loganity loves Eric Jones, so, you know, Eric was doing the right teammate thing and, um, you know, put forth minimal effort to race Denny Hamlin, knowing that Hamlin was in a position to advance to the championship four. And this, to me, falls much closer to that incident than does Spingate. Therefore, it should not affect the round of eight, and I will go so far as to say Custer should not be penalized at all. I would argue that Custer is just trying not to inhibit his own teammate in Chase Briscoe, and I would go so far as to say that Chase Chase Briscoe sending it into the chicane makes it look a whole lot more dramatic than it actually was. A whole lot more dramatic than what actually happened, you know? And there's no way that Cole Custer could have coordinated this, planned this out. As There's no way. There's no way he knows the exact point situation and, and everything to coordinate this. It's just not possible. So, um, you know, 
I think Cole Custer's being a loyal teammate, and if you want to penalize something like that, then I highly suggest you penalize every one-two teammate finish at Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta for, for the rest of time. I rest my opening statement, opening argument. Well, thank you, uh, Zachary Conquer, and I do appreciate uh, your your sentiments. But I got to disagree with you because that's, that's what we're here to do. Um, look. The reality is, I think it probably should affect the round of eight. Now, will it? No, we already know that, uh, and that's fine. That's a big, big quagmire to get into if we do all that. But the reality is this. I believe you get paid a king's ransom, and you have these sponsors, and you have these fans. I mean, all 12 of the Cole Custer fans should be pissed off about the fact that we're gonna we're gonna hold we're gonna hold drivers up and we're gonna affect the results. We're really gonna we, we get all the, we get mad all the time about the fact that NASCAR is trying to manufacture results. Well, what what's any difference here? And I know you say that. Well, there's no way he could have known and yada yada yada. There's this thing called radio, and I don't know if you were dialed in on the Cole Custer scanner. I wasn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody was told, "Hey, he's real close," uh, so you do everything you can. And at that point, you are manufacturing and you are rigging. The results and that, yes, is there something to be said for being a good teammate? Absolutely. But when you are holding up cars that, that and people have this idea that the race doesn't matter for non-playoff drivers, tell that to the purse. It matters. Tell that to the points. It matters. Every every position you're up in the owner's point and up in the driver standings is more money for you and your team. And as one that roots for a lower-funded team, it matters. Now, I know that for all you folks that – Root for those guys at Gibbs that can just wreck parts and put Riley Herbst in, in cars and everyone else and everyone else and everyone else. Look, the reality is this. we It should be in the rule book. I believe it is that you have to give 100% effort. If you want to tell me he was given 100% effort, I will tell you that I went for a jog this morning. You can choose to believe me, but it's probably not true. So the reality is he didn't give 100% effort. That's his job. And, yeah, I know he's being a good teammate. And there's something to be said for holding up a car. Fine. It happens. God knows we've seen Joey Logano hold up cars. But it's – you're going too far at that point. And, pe- and you're messing with other people's races and people go, well, they're not in the playoffs, so it doesn't matter. Ryan, my good pal, my good pal, my peppy little pal. Can't say what I'd like to call him. We watched Chase block Harvick last year in the playoffs to help Larson win and stop Harvick from getting the win to advance. So if that's okay, then this doesn't matter for Custer. Well, but it's not okay. The rule is you bust your ass 100%. Because if we applied this to any other sport, that would be a crock. Are the Reds not supposed to compete with the Cardinals even though they were out of it in July? No. Uh, if the Bengals fall out of it, are they not going to give Baltimore everything they've got in Week 18? No. If the Dallas Cowboys listened to Zach Bell, then they would have tanked the season as soon as Dak Prescott went down. So if he can't get his own team right, why are we trusting Zach Bell to tell us here? No, you go out and you give 100% effort and you see what happens because every week it matters because you just never know what difference it might make at the end of the day. I rest my opening statement. Damn it, you're paid money to try. Go out and try. Logan, NASCAR's already set the precedent. They don't penalize this. They do not penalize it without blatant and obvious command from somewhere else. That is what sets Spingate apart. That is what sets Spingate apart from everything else. And just like I said, Logan, fine. 
penalize Tyler Reddick at Daytona. He pushed Austin Dillon to the win. Is pushing your teammate to the win 100%? No. And in your opinion, no. Is throwing a block for your teammate at Daytona or Talladega? That's not 100% either then. These things, that's what you're saying. You're saying no, that, that there, no, unless a, a driver is solely competing for themselves with no other intention, then they are therefore not giving 100%. Zach, did you miss the part where I said, yes, there shouldn't be said for being a good teammate? There's a difference between Daytona at the start of the year and my season is genuinely on the line here. For no, no, no. I'm talking about Daytona, the one that right, right before the playoffs. Yeah, and Tyler but, Reddick pushed Austin Dillon. Well, but the, why can't Tyler – Clearly, these five points mattered for Tyler Reddick because yeah. this was got him eliminated in the round of 16. But he but, said locked onto the three cars bumper. You know, I I, I just well, feel like if you make a ruling here, your NASCAR's getting to a gray area. In the field. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What? There's a difference between pushing your driver for the win and pushing your teammate for the win. I can respect that to some extent, but then you're outright slowing up the field. There's a whole big no. difference there. But there no. is. No, he did not slow up the field. He sat there and made a conservative entry into the corner. Thank you, Ryan. He made a conservative entry into the corner. It's a conscious awareness thing, okay? I'm sure he's aware of what his teammates' point standing is. And if he's not aware, he's at least aware that Briscoe is the only one left at SHR competing for the playoffs. And as long as he has not won a race in the round, he should be raced with care, with consideration. Something Eric Jones doesn't have because we saw him dump Austin Cindric, but I digress. Listen, you can you can call it a bunch of honky tonk like hack right there. Yeah, he is a hack. He can join Alex Bowman. Um, but in my opinion, you know, I mean, to, playoff drivers need to be treated with respect into the way in which what they're competing for, what they're competing for. There's going to be a day where you're hoping or you're thinking Eric Jones is in this spot, the shoes will be reversed, you know? And, and you're not going to want you're not going to want Chase Briscoe to be the reason that Eric Jones doesn't doesn't advance to a round of 8. No, that's a that's a big old too sad so no, that there's no. a there's a competitive integrity to every sport we ever watch or witness. If you're going to screw with that, I don't care who gets hurt. Richard Petty himself could get back out there in the car, and I don't want you to let him have it because it's about competitive integrity. Because the moment you can start messing with that in any way, shape, fashion, or form, then I might as well be watching pro wrestling. And by God knows, I love that. But at least it's acknowledged they're booking it for me. Well, I would argue then. I wouldn't argue that it's not competitive integrity, but just simple strategy. Simple, thoughtful strategy is going for it on fourth down on in your own territory in the in, in the NFL. That that's strategy. That is strategy. That is valid strategy. This is a valid strategy. Maybe Cole Custer thought that Briscoe is going to overrun the corner and doesn't want to damage his equipment, so therefore he let in. He backed it up. That's that's a heavy, heavy reach. I yeah, mean, it's a heavy reach to say that it's a possibility. Yeah, I suppose so. It's a heavy reach to sit here and call it as blatantly as you seem to believe it is. Because what you're saying is it, this is to you on the level of Spingate. Yeah, I would say so. I, I wasn't happy about when Eric Jones did it. I was, I, I was critical of that. I'm not. 
I think you get paid a boatload of money. You have sponsors. Again, Cole Custer has some fans somewhere, and those people care about how Cole Custer does. Those people care about how their driver does. I Again, I, I know that it's hard for you guys. I mean, Justin's getting used to it because MTJA is pooping on the bed. But it's hard for you guys to understand, like, when I watch my underfunded team that doesn't make the playoffs, I'm still rooting very hard. I'm still rooting and caring about Ty Dillon's results. And I'm not alone in that. You guys act like, well, they made the playoffs so nobody else matters. Well, then, I, then NASCAR should send them home if that's how this is. There's value to them there. However, it like just recognize that what you're racing for is, is not – the same as what they're racing for. You know, there's a spot and a place for everybody on the track from Chase Elliott to Denny Hamlin, to Kyle Larson, to Christopher Bell, all the way down to Cody Ware and, you know, Josh Balicki and whoever. Okay. There's a spot for everybody. And there's a purpose and a reason that they're there for whatever reason to be on the track, whether it be a business move or whatever, but recognize that there is a time and a place where your what you're doing is a much different battle than what other drivers in the playoffs are trying to accomplish. One little one little incident here at the Roval in a 36 race season is not going to determine anything. Okay? It's not it's not going to determine anything different. And these owner points, quite frankly, I mean, you know, you you may think it matters for finishing, you know, whatever 18th in the standings like Eric Jones will, and that's fantastic. But in the same breath, you know, Chase Briscoe deserves a fair and honest shot at his championship and his chances at a championship and to not be um, screwed over by someone who, quite frankly, is is not that important to the rest of the season. You just said it though, fair and honest. And if and, and it didn't look like Cole Custer was being fair and honest. I mean, was Eric Jones fair and honest when he dumped Austin Sindrick? No. I don't, I don't know that he dumped Austin Sindrick. You guys seem to be, be so sure of that because you were in the cars. I don't I don't know that. I mean the tapes show that what the tapes show. I'm just I mean No, we only have one angle. We don't know what it shows. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I, I need I need another alternative angle. That's all. That's all I'm asking. Give me one. Yeah. I mean, Logan's reacting to the truth. Mama Seeger agrees with me. This I would not say rack she, it up. Peel I would not pie. say that she's oh, agreeing with you. I just think as as is consequence with it, as is every race. There's a race. Within a race. Okay? This is no different than being three laps down, which Eric Jones is accustomed to, and everybody else is accustomed to. This is no different than being three laps down and not giving the leader a hard time versus being right there, racing to stay on the lead lap. This is no different. There's a race within a race, and everybody has their own specific goals. Well, here's my final sentence on this, because I'm... I'm We'll see what the master decides. You know your argument's correct when you have to keep taking personal shots. 
Well, this has been pretty interesting. I, I will say, Logan, I saw your saw your uh, reaction there when Zach said that Eric Jones was used to running three laps down, and I want to say that I have zero sympathy for you uh, after what you just said about Truex pooping the bed. So, you know. I, but I, I wouldn't have any argument with you. Well, that, that's fair, but, you know. I felt like there was a there was a shot taken at me there anyway. Um, so I, I want to preface this uh, because I haven't in the last two episodes. We've done we've done a debate segment every episode, but I, I really have just started giving quote winners to these debates in the last couple. And I want it to be known that these are not <laughs> these are not practiced beforehand. These are I don't have a quote winner beforehand. I sit here just like the rest of you, and I I sit and I listen to both sides, and uh, and I decide who I think is is the winner here. And there's one thing that in all of this that as far as the debate topic of should Cole Custer should that affect the round of eight, I'm going to side with Zach and I'm going to say no, but here's why. And, and this is where I'm surprised neither of you alluded to this. Chase Briscoe was above the cut line before he was in on the tiebreaker. When they were tied at zero to zero, Chase Briscoe was in the round of eight on the tiebreaker. Chase Briscoe getting those two extra spots just solidified it, but he was already in. You know, it wasn't Cole Custer's move did not directly influence Chase Briscoe's advancement into the round of eight. Chase Briscoe was going to be because Kyle Larson already, uh, Kyle Larson already was below him. As far as that goes, Ryan, thank you so much for commenting. NASCAR has put themselves in this situation with the playoff format set up as it is. Teams are going to help each other out to qualify and or advance. It's just how it is now. Um, and that's true. I mean, um, you know, I went to Daniel Foster saying uh, that he sees both sides, uh, but I don't think a non-playoff driver should be the cause of contact with a playoff driver. Uh yeah, that, that's what I was saying is that Cole Custer didn't get Briscoe in. He just ended up padding the gap there. Um, I went to Talladega this uh, week before last, and I was able to, to get a question in with Truex, and, you know, he's not in the playoffs. And the question I asked was about Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell, about them being playoff drivers. And, you know, he said that – you know, even though that if he kind of understood that there was a race within a race, like Zach said there, um, you know, Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell were out there racing for their own race to advance in the playoffs. And even at, especially at a track like Talladega, where teammate help is so important, uh, Truex said that, you know, if, if he could help them where they are, he would. That if you know, but the only the only reason that that would change for him would be in the case of running for a win, because that's the only thing these non-playoff drivers have at this point. You can argue points position, you know, finishing the standings, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, whatever. But I mean, ultimately, the the 
the prize money at the end of the year isn't going to be all that much different between 20th and 22nd, you know, for these drivers in the points. So with that, I do think that, you know, I'll, I'll side with Zach and we got to, we got to find a fun way to keep tally here. Uh, don't worry, Logan, we'll have a, we'll have a fun debate for you. Uh, uh, he did. Truex also said at the end of the day, he's out there to get the win. So what you just did there was provide a quote out of context. Thank you very much. Appreciate you, Mama Seeger. Or a Mama Seeger t-shirt. Ain't no he, doubt about it. She, great. Have one. They were running in 15th. She's going but, to have one look with at, my face on it. I'm going with, to have one with her face on it. We're going 15th to and I'm with sure one lap. 15th and, and, with one lap to go. Then go and, try and get 14th and, with okay. one lap to go. Okay. That's Logan. not to win. That's not uh -oh. to win. I'll I'll do you one better here, and, and even to to quote, uh, uh, you can say you're welcome, Logan, all you want, Mama. But let me tell you this: Truex said that, but what did Truex do at Talladega? He rode around in thirtieth the entire race. Well, then you ought to be ashamed to root for him. Well, you know what? Maybe so, but that's what he did. His actions were different. And perhaps that was because of the car. Perhaps he didn't want to get in a wreck and injure himself. But the reason he didn't have any sense of urgency is because he's a non-playoff driver and he had no reason to be up there fighting for the lead. And he knew that. He knew there was no reason to put himself in any danger. And that's the same thing the rest of these non-playoff drivers should do. Know your place. unless you forgot what the lead looks like. When the hell's he been there? I mean, uh, New Hampshire, he was there in the lead at New Hampshire. He was there in the lead at Texas. The only reason your boy got a Southern 500 win was because of a power steering issue last I, I recall. Don't, I don't care I mean, how it happened. It happened. I, I mean, but, I mean, you're talking about last time Truex saw the lead. Let's be honest here. I mean, we're, oh, you know, I, I think we're. That's all right. I'm still looking forward to the Mommy, Mama Seeger and Me t-shirt that is no doubt coming to runalongscuffs.com in 2023. <laughs> Eric Jones wins one race and Logan has all this confidence. Now that was Ryan Hill's comment there. Oh God, Ryan, I hate you and every universe we're ever a part of together. <laughs> oh, well, gentlemen, it's been a great debate segment. We've had a wonderful time on this uh on this episode. But before we get uh to the to our outro, we do have an upcoming race weekend here in Las Vegas. And we do have some, uh, some picks that need to be made. Uh, so we're going to move on from our, we appreciate everybody's comments and we appreciate everybody uh, who uh, added their commentary uh, for this debate segment. You guys make it all the more fun. Um, so uh, we've got an Xfinity and a cup race uh, round of eight. Here in Las Vegas, we're going out west one more time before we get to Phoenix, and uh, a cookie cutter mile and a half by all uh, by uh, by most uh, most thoughts. So, uh, Logan, you didn't win the debate, but I'll get tell you what. Why don't you give me fast track it here? Xfinity and a cup pick. Who you think is going to come away with the wins? Anybody locking their way into the round of into the championship? Look, uh, when it comes to the Xfinity Series, I'm going to say, no doubt about it in my mind, uh, let's go with the Vegas man himself, Noah Gregson. He's he's hotter than a $2 pistol. He's the fastest thing around. When it comes to the Cup Series, I'm going to make you happy, sir. 
even though you think the race doesn't matter, sir. I think Martin Shurex finally gets the win, and he'll get the 200th win for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, fun fact, uh, yesterday was 199 for uh, Mr. Gibbs, coach. So I think uh, Martin Truex is going to get it done at Vegas for you, even though you no longer deserve it with your, your reprehensible behavior towards me. But that's okay. I'm a, I'm a forgiver. I'm a forgiver. We try to be Christians here. So I'm going <laughs> so to say no Gregson and Martin Truex Jr. I'm out of here. I, I appreciate your your uh, your facial expressions on that, Zach. I appreciate that very much because uh, – uh, Ryan with his picks, Josh Berry for Xfinity and Logano for Cup, and I'll tell you what, I'll use that. Of course, Logano, Jesus. Well, you're not going to like me, Logan, because I'm also going with Joey Logano for the Cup. I think he's the first driver to lock himself into Phoenix. Uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, both Mama Seeger and I would both enjoy to see Truex get a win. So I hope you're right, Logan. But you're still I disgusting me right now. I did, well, that's fine. We can talk about it later. But uh, I think Logano is going to get it done. I think Logano is going to get the win. And as far as the Xfinity Series goes, give me Justin Allgaier. I think uh, Noah Gregson has been carrying the Junior Motorsports banner too long for, for right now. I think Justin Allgaier, the veteran experience, gets it done. And both of those drive, both he and Joey Logano in the Cup, are going to the Final Four in Phoenix. Zach, what say you? You won the debate. I'll let you close this out for picks. All right, I'm winning the debate. I'm winning the picks. I'm going with Ty Dolla Sign Gibbs in the Xfinity Series. Always, always been very fast at Las Vegas. I expect nothing less. And 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 Logan's right. Joe Gibbs Racing will win this week. But I stand by my opinions. I stand by my statements. Not the best, most impactful driver in Joe Gibbs Racing history. It's going to get win number 200. None other than Mr. Denny Hamlin, defending race winner, the face of the franchise, Kyle Busch, who, Martin Truex, who, um, you know, that that's it, folks. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you other than we'll see you in Phoenix. Every time I try to get on Zach's side, he gives me a reason not to, he gives me a reason to leave. But I mean, Justin, are you going to sit here and tell me that Martin Truex Jr. is some pillar of Joe Gibbs Racing. When we get back and we're 50 years from now doing this show, we're not going to be like, oh, my goodness, Martin Truex and this prolific Joe Gibbs Racing career. You're still going to be talking about Furniture Row Racing. Absolutely. I will continue. You know, I should have a I should have a 78 flag on this wall instead of a 19. But uh, nonetheless, um you know, it's, that's a good debate segment. In 50 years from now, are we, uh, while we're still doing this show, is NASCAR going to be driving all, all electric cars by then, or are we just going to, are we still going yes. to be having, having gas power? That'll be an interesting debate when we get there. Uh, we hope you guys are along for the ride. We hope each and every one of you are here with us in 50 years. Uh, we wish each and every one of you uh, health and prosperity. And, uh, Peyton, why don't you uh, you hop back on here and we'll get some closing statements from you. Uh, <laughs> Logan is surrounded by some smart guys tonight. You know, well, we're going to bring in his better half. And, First time uh, in a long time, Logan's been surrounded by smart guys. He's going to uh, he's going to have his uh, lady with him. Uh, Peyton, what say you before we close out the show? You're muted. 
always rooting for Ryan Blaney. So maybe he'll pull something off and lock himself into the round of four. But probably not. Uh, you never know. Penske's got a. I, I picked the Penske guy. You know, maybe I maybe I just picked the wrong one. You never know. Logan, <laughs> we've we've given you a lot of a lot of crap tonight, but we enjoyed having you here, buddy. You have any closing statements? I do. That's uh, okay. I, I'm fine with that. You want to know why? Because Brock Lesnar just returned on Monday Night Raw, so I am okay. I'm fine. It's all good. Anywho. If Ryan Blaney gets it to the Final Four, I'm going to call him the backdoor man because that would be pretty incredible. Looking forward to a great weekend of Vegas racing, that bright light city, going to save our soul and set it on fire. Um, so other than that, look, you go, you boys can give me all the hell you want. That's okay. Ryan can too. Dan can too. Mama Seager's got my back, though. The rest of y'all, I'll be living uh, in that head rent-free. It's not insanity. It's sloganity. I love every one of you. There's nothing you can do about it. God bless you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we we enjoy it. Zach, why don't you hit us with a signature sign-off, buddy? Yeah, of course. I'd like to thank my parents for supporting my raising addiction. The time and effort that everybody around each and every one of us puts into allowing us to, to watch and cover the sport is, is, is truly incredibly important. And I end it with this. Folks, it's Denny Hamlin's time. It's it's Joe Gibbs' world, and we're just living in it. The mighty coach may live on, even though he coached for that damn team in Washington. <laughs> you know, we talk about, uh, you know, you talk about your parents' support. We need to get uh, get Papa Bell on here, and, and I think uh, with Mama Seeker's comments and Papa Bell's comments, we could have us a pretty good show here, and especially in the comments. So, uh, Want to thank everybody for watching, uh, especially uh, our our parents for supporting us. We appreciate everybody. Uh, Dan, uh, we appreciate you. Who's you know he's a part of our Rundown Scuffs team. Uh, really glad to have everybody on multiple platforms tonight. Uh, if you weren't able to catch us live, or if you want to go back and check us out, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and many many more. Uh, just look us up at running on scuffs. Uh, damn, we're not we're not arguing anymore. As much as I, uh, as, as much as I, uh, we appreciate the love, Mama. I appreciate yeah, thank you. everything that you have done to help, especially with everything uh, uh, a couple weekends ago with Talladega. So we appreciate all of the love and the support, and we will see you guys next week on running on scuffs.